Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hold on to your butts. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Wesker demands. Now this affects Iris. Um, Iris, where are you? What you feel only matters to you. I do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing enough. Iris, I have a tip for you. Don't take drugs! Or whatever movies with Wesley and Iris. What up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I'm your co-host Iris and I'm here with my older brother. Namby Pamby. Wesley Scott. And today we're talking a movie from 2022 available on VOD, Mr. Malcolm's List. Jeremy's List. Jeremiah, as we found out at the end. The Trifler. The Breaker of Hearts. Bride and Prejudice. Hose Before Bros. <laughs> Pride and Pregnancy. Hamilton versus Bridgerton. <laughs> Outlander versus Jane Austen. So let's get it out of the way, shall we? Uh, let me guess. Something about race and representation. We're just kind of just not going to talk about it, right? It's not going to be a thing whatsoever. I mean, I wasn't going to bring it up. Is it a trend that was started by Hamilton and then embraced by Bridgerton? I mean, because Hamilton is what it is. And I mean, people are calling this like a woke Regency era drama, comedy, dramedy thing or whatever. But just the idea is we're going to cast whoever we want. And then that's it. Why? Will you have something to say about it? It? What do you have? What's your what's the deal? It feels like it begs to be addressed because it's so different from the Regency and later Victoria era pictures, Victorian era pictures that we've seen for decades in movies. Decades of just white people. In today's contemporary movies and dramas, representation, but now in periods, they're representing all different races and stuff, and that's totally cool, right? I think so. It certainly didn't play a factor in the story itself. Was Miss Thistlewaite's mom Asian? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that Mrs. Thistlewaite was just Asian and that Miss Thistlewaite was just black. Let me tell you how genetics works. It's all about dominance and recession. This movie, in fact, is about dominance and recession. Did you know that the disparity uh, between the classes was at an all-time high during the Regency era? The rich people were rich and everybody else was heckin' poor. So basically, we're in the rich and just the ver the minor variations within the rich because, I mean, even as a poor daughter of a vicar or whatever, she all kinds of had hands and servants and carriages and stuff. No, she was like Lindsay Lohan poor. And like, as opposed to like Paris Hilton, generational wealth kind of rich. Are you saying Lindsay Lohan like Mean Girls poor or like Lindsay Lohan like... 
I'm Lohan. saying that the Hiltons were born into wealth and Lindsay Lohan was not. And so like when they're in the same social circles, there's like Lindsay Lohan rich, but also like Paris Hilton rich. Oh, I see. Like silver spoon, socialite rich. Yeah. Gotcha. So I have a question for you. Actually, this whole discussion is going to be a quiz for you because this is your jam. A woman's movie, as it were. Wow. Seriously? This wasn't a woman's movie? I mean, according to mom's definition, sure. So, is because Mr. Malcolm is a player, right? It depends on if you're Miss Thistleweight or the gossips in society. Are you a Dalton or are you a Thistleweight? Because Miss Dalton sees him for the virtuous and kind man that he is. He's certainly society's most eligible bachelor for the purposes of this story. But no one talked about his looks as much as they talked about his 40000 a year. Is that what makes eligibility in high society? I think that's a <laughs> that plays a big part. I mean, he was the younger son of an earl, and he had his estate in Kent. Um, but somebody talks about his good looks. One of those whispers was about his appearance. Okay. Were we meant to like Julia? <sighs> I don't know, but I didn't. I kind of didn't like her. I mean, I get that she was jilted or whatever, but if there was a bad guy, a bad person character in this movie, it was probably her, right? I mean, yeah. First of all, she manipulates her friend. And yeah. then secondly, <clears throat> when her friend relents or, you know, resists, she goes through with the whole scheme to everyone's detriment. It was weird because I felt like she represented the worst of society. And then I was kind of happy for her when she and the Captain Ossery got together. I was kind of like, aww. I was happy for her. I was waiting for a bad guy to emerge, and I didn't quite expect her because I thought, you know, she was just a vic victim of circumstance and she was jilted. But I firmly expected that it was going to be Lord Cassidy, played by Oliver Jackson Cohen. And I wonder, <laughs> we've been seeing movies lately where I take an immediate disliking like to Julia Butters in The Gray Man. And I was like, what's, what's the deal? Why do I not like this dude? And I figured it out. It's because he was the terrible, awful, no good, very bad husband in The Invisible Man. The uh, Elizabeth Moss one. Yeah, the 2020 one. He was the brother in, uh, in The Haunting of Hill House. And he was the boyfriend of Dakota Johnson in The Lost Daughter. And I was like, that dude's got to be a creep, right? But he wasn't. <gasps> Wait, boyfriend? I think they were married. Oh, yeah, the husband. Uh, he was kind of foppish. He was portrayed as being not particularly smart. He didn't have a ton of agency. Like, why did he go along with Julia? She just controlled him? That's what you do, yeah. If you're just a step behind mentally, then you just follow leader. <laughs> and, and it's it's like almost as though conformity <laughs> is stability. I mean, but he was a lord. He was... That doesn't mean anything. He was a lord by circumstance. Well, yeah, but I mean that was the whole that's the whole problem. It's not it shouldn't be about this is my resistance in in the modern setting. I mean, you want people to be stable and you want to be, you know, but they were marrying solely for security and because of their sisterly pact or whatever as kids. But m the money doesn't really mean a whole lot, I don't think, during this era. And you're lumped together with people in this close society, this closed society of wealth, but that doesn't mean they're good or smart people. Agreed. Um, but it wasn't like he needed his cousin, Julia Thistlewaite's approval to be a lord. I mean, he already was one. And it was kind of strange to me how willing he was to just co-sign to her BS. Yeah. But he, he explained himself at the end that 
he went along with Julia's scheme because genuinely he saw that there was a nice match between Mr. Malcolm and Miss Dalton. So, okay, I kind of like forgive him a little bit for being such a tool. But, but I felt like similarly, he too kind of represented the worst of society. Like if they just felt so, I mean, maybe they're marrying, like uniting to secure their place in society and to secure their futures and all that kind of stuff. But like they were already awfully insular. Like you talk about the station disparity from the, the Regency era. And it's like that there was nothing, there was none of that. Like, this was all just minor variations in station. They didn't interact with the quote-unquote real world at all. They were in this just kind of fantasy elite world where they went pheasant hunting and had masquerade balls and were introduced to one another. See? This is exactly why I'm posing this quiz to you. Because you're a woman, and you're rich, and you're a <laughs> woman of color, wow, and etc. And you understand all of the goings-on and the minutiae. So, next question. What is your opinion of the corn laws? <laughs> well, I rather thought that any carb is too much carb. <laughs> but there's fiber in there. <laughs> They're pretty much like all fiber. It's like all fiber and carb. Yeah. Or starch. Is starch the same thing as carb? I have in my mind for some reason that like potatoes and corn don't go together because it's too much starch. What? Of course but they do. Basically, potatoes and bread and corn are the same thing. In my mind. Oh, potato bread corn is my favorite. <laughs> potato bread toast? <laughs> potato corn toast? Have you heard the corn song? No. <laughs> okay. So did you like Mr. Malcolm? Mm. Like he had his justifications or whatever, and maybe he was striking and dashing, but he had his list and he had his justifications for this list, but he had qualifications and it only justifies our kind of opinion of Julia when he fully rejected her. And he's like, no, she talks too much or whatever. And, and that's it. I'm sorry, but you lost your chance. And they do this terrible thing where it's like high school where you can never get away from the person who rejected you. They're at all the parties and all the dances and stuff. And you're like, God. So he was, seemed like he was justified in his choice. And then Frida Pinto gets upset with him here and there. But I want, was, did he feel like a good, potentially romantic partner? I guess I could just sum it up and say by the end, they I, I warmed up to all of them, including Mr. Malcolm. And Julia, because she was no longer a threat? Maybe. And she was no longer just acting just so selfishly. But he, eventually I was like, yeah, okay, he's handsome. I kind of thought his lips were kind of rocking. I, I saw the gentler, more kind and conscientious parts of him. But for a long time, he was like painfully, painfully restrained to me. Like you said that maybe he would, you said dashing, which it was like, there was nothing about Mr. Malcolm that was dashing. I mean, maybe like in a handsome sense of the term, but like he, mm -hmm. he always talked with a very specific cadence. And I was like, let's get it going, people here. Let's, you know, let's get the courtship going. I wanted to get the awes and the butterflies and the big reunion and all that kind of stuff, but it kind of just, it took its time. And then Frida, I was so distracted by Frida Pinto's pregnancy the entire time. Was I, it was it detectable to you? A hundred percent. Really? A hundred percent. I mean, because I only, I only learned this. She took a pregnancy test that revealed that she was in fact pregnant on day one of filming. Really? And I did not know that. Were you like, <laughs> why is she so pregnant in this movie? Yes. I, the very first scene when she's in her house and she's bustling around in that burgundy dress i was like this is weird why is she looking for a suitor why does she have a gentleman caller when she's already pregnant <laughs> and i was like waiting for it to be revealed and it never was 
And did you look it up after the fact I, to confirm? hundred percent. Man, 100%. that's crazy. <laughs> See, <laughs> women can moms can suss out this kind of stuff. I didn't notice. And Zowie, Zowie Ashton was pregnant at the premiere and may have very well been pregnant at the like tail end of it because I felt like there was something going on under that dress. Man, a lot of namby-pamby happening up in Bridgerton town. Define namby-pamby. I have no idea. <laughs> I wrote it down at the very top uh, of my notes. Namby-pamby. Uh, so it means weak of character and, and in some instances means effeminate, but it's just generally like a wuss. Mm. All right. Pretty spot on. Lacking in character or substance. Insipid. Boy, there was a lot of insipidness going on. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I mean, we were, I, I think we I, we were obviously meant to like Mr. Malcolm's List because we otherwise, we wouldn't have been able to make the turn. At the outset, I think, once he rejected Julia, who we were kind of aligned with to begin with, like she it seemed like we were following her and then it kind of made a turn after she was rejected. But it was obvious because I think we were positioned to like Mr. Malcolm because he was in many respects the exact opposite of Scrooge McDuck that was hitting on Selena from from the beginning. I, I do believe that during this movie, the Selena character viewed Mr. Malcolm not for his money, but for his charm and looks and his allure and his mystery, I suppose, because he was so tight-lipped. But they made all this about maybe the society or the, the mothers or the parental figures or whatever were like, no, he, he assures your, your security at, at 40000 a year. That's, you know, but it was so clear that the equally prosperous Scrooge McDuck was never she wouldn't even consider that nobody wanted because of his age and because of his like creepiness i guess if we're talking about judging people based on their looks the only difference between scrooge and mr malcolm was that scrooge was old well scrooge was a little lascivious there at the end it was revealed at the end that his intentions weren't true that he was just like i don't know what but still but absolutely the effect was immediate like not that dude <laughs> Well, you, could, you know, she's a young maiden who has adventures to live out, and he's not going to do that with her. I mean, the, the, no maiden. no offense to those who are in multi-generational relationships, but it was clear that wasn't what was intended for our main character. And so she meets Malcolm, and I think they genuinely like each other. And it was interesting to me that despite her lying about her cousin, there was never any consideration or concern expressed over her parents. Like I was like, oh, he wants to invite her parents and she accepts that invitation. Like, how is she going to get going to get around that? Like, how is she going to conceal their station in life? But there was never an issue. Nope. So I thought that was interesting. How dare you suggest it should have been? <laughs> In this world, it absolutely would have been everything like he didn't have on her. Didn't he have on his list that she must come that, you know, marry a woman, marry her family kind of a thing? Like, how? why is yep. he all up on cousin so-and-so? What was her name? Topaki. Cousin Topaki. Covington. Cousin Covington, when he was like, but, you know, your parents are, even though they're like bumpkins or whatever, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, we're doing things because, you know, conscientiously, they're trying to get their hooks in us. They want to make sure that we want them, the appropriate people, to fall in love. And thus, we can make Julia look a little bit more deplorable until it's time for her to find her own happiness. Kelly and I had just finished reading Pride and Prejudice, and so this one se just seems to fit in right into the same era. Um, and ceremony and formality is everything, like to a fault. Like the plain speaking that we're, we're 
Selena would dare to tell Scrooge McDuck to take a flying F is not, I mean, it shows her as being a modern free thinking and, and forward speaking person, but I'm not sure that a lot of these things would have flown. You know, Mr. Malcolm, like that list should have been confidential and never should have been committed to paper. If, if there's anything that, that dudes should know, it's that if you commit anything to paper as a dude, a woman will find it at some point and hold you accountable. Are you saying that Mr. Malcolm's list in and of itself was an impropriety? Yeah. I mean, to, to, to actually write it down or to have anyone ever lay eyes on it, you keep that stuff to yourself in your head. If you can't keep a list in your head, then you have no place in this society. I don't know that that's, that's really like gender directionally. <laughs> Because I think if you commit anything to writing or email, someone's yeah. going to read it. <laughs> yeah, it's it, all things on the internet are written in ink. Yes, exactly. The social network. All of Mr. Malcolm's list hinges on the success of the of the Dalton Malcolm match, and I think pretty early on we know that it's going to work. They're going to have their hiccups, but ultimately they're well matched and they're going to make it work. So I think the structure of it took the surprise out of it pretty early. Well, you're suggesting that this wasn't a twisty or turny or, or unconventional period dramedy? Well, when the... Romantic dramedy? When the, the story itself hinges on them getting together. I mean, I guess in all these romantic comedies, you know that they will. But I felt like there was there was no tension in them doing that. And so you take that out of the mix. Then it kind of comes down to, you know, are these characters likable? Which we've already discussed some, though some may have won us over, some weren't for the majority of the movie. The big thing, my big thing with Mr. Malcolm, and I, and I recognize that this movie is not about Jeremiah Malcolm. It's about the Selena Dalton character. I feel like he kind of stole the show. He was a more complex character. And really, I thought that this idea of him having guarded his heart and having built this list as this way to protect himself from love was actually kind of interesting and revelatory and sweet and sad at the same time. That being said, even though I was kind of like moved by that and I felt that his character was justified in his actions because of it, I kind of was left going, and so what? Like, what does it mean (laughs) in the grand scheme of things? Aren't we all protecting our hearts? I wrote, why is Jeremy so guarded? Like, what's going to happen? And then I was revealed, and I was like, oh, look, we like him, even though he wrote the misogynist list or a sociopathic list or whatever it was. Was he just a sensitive soul? And that's that was like the role reversal. That was like, you know, we're going to turn gender, we're going to turn representation on its head in Gregorian-era England, and we're going to... He was mysterious. And we're going to just reverse genders, too? Yeah. So now, uh, so f- your your female intuition has helped you along so marvelously. I'm gonna ask it to plumb the depths of my mind, Uh-oh. my subconscious, mm. because I don't know why I wrote down, and you have to tell me why I wrote down. Tore her dress to test yes. her forgiving nature. A hundred percent. I don't even have to mentalism that. You wrote that down because you're wondering, like I did. Did Jeremy Malcolm? intentionally step on Miss Dalton's dress as she was leaving the little pond to see if she would be forgiving about it. And the moment she was like, oh, it's easily mended. It was like, check. (laughs) Man, that's forgiving nature. That's dangerous, man. What you don't do as a dude is intentionally ruin a woman's clothes to test the the veracity (laughs) or the, the confirm your list. Dangerous territory, Jeremy. 
I feel like we talked about this, how like a way to a woman's heart isn't ripping off her clothes. What, what, what review is that? Uh, <laughs> I certainly don't remember. But yes, I wondered the same thing. I think that he did it on purpose, which is very manipulative in a weird way. It wasn't like he just had a list and he was organically letting it play out. It was like he was manipulating the situation, too, to prove something about this person. Yeah, but he was wounded and tortured and mysterious. Wounded from what? From his his amazing relationship with his mom? He was acting out. He had you have to guard your heart. So like the last thing I'll say about the 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 ethnicity or whatever in this movie and how we're d- disregarding it is I was looking for clues to figure out who they who these people were. And to the, I guess to this movie's credit, however it was written in the book or however it was cast, Mr. Malcolm, he said in my where I come from and he basically spoke an African dialect, right? He did. Not even going to pretend to to know or to assume where that was from. And so when it came to pass that we were going to meet his mother, I was like, oh, we're going to get some clue into his backstory and how he found himself in this part of the world, uh, you know, in affluence. And we met his mom, who was awesome and supportive and stuff, and not at all like Michelle Yeoh and and Crazy Rich Asians or anything, spoiler. But I expected her to be African, but she wasn't. She was British and didn't have there. I I couldn't detect any sort of cultural difference between her and Malcolm or her and anybody else. Nope. And I thought, well, we're just so there was a thing alluding to a thing that was just kind of a dead end because, I mean, I don't know that we were meant to to dig as deep as I don't think we were meant to dig, period. I don't think so either. But when you start like messing with genetics and stuff, it starts to get a little weird. Like I'm still Uh, hung up with the. Wow. I'm still hung. No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's not how I meant it to be. When you when you suggest that Miss Thistlewaite is the child of Mrs. Thistlewaite, and they are clearly of entirely, well, you know, maybe before I would totally back myself into a corner. In the opening scene, when they're young kids, they're at some kind of finishing school or something, and they're both talking about how I think that is it possible that Miss Thistlewaite was adopted. Uh, I don't know. I feel like at the very beginning, she talks about, like, I don't have a father to go home to or something like that. Do you remember? Well, here, how about this? Originally, in the casting, this might m- m- kind of mess up where you're headed with this, but did you know that Mr. Malcolm's List 2022 was based on, well, obviously the novel, but it was also adapted by the same director, uh, Emma Holly Jones, with the vast majority of the same cast for a short film in 2019. I was wondering about that. Mr. Malcolm's List short? Yeah, well, it is the same by, film by the same name, and it was a short, presumably to get funding or to have it, you know, developed into a feature. And Miss Thistlewaite was played by an Asian actress. And Gemma Chan played Miss Thistlewaite, but that didn't work out for the feature. And I don't know if her mom factored into that short film, not having seen it. But that could explain the ethnic difference where because we're not bothering to worry about ethnic continuity, if that's the thing, then, okay, a different actress takes on the role, Hamilton style, and the mom is still the mom and she's Asian and that's fine. That's so interesting. So that's something. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's supposed to be an non-issue like every other ethnic choice in this film. That being said, it was, and forgive me, it was just confusing to me. When Miss Thistlewaite says, Mom, I was like, okay, well, that's what I was looking for. Because I didn't know if that was her mom because they don't share similar physical characteristics. Not supposed to dig, man. All right. I, I wrote it down, too. I was all looking. I was like, why is Jeremy so guarded? And then I wrote, not his mother. She's reasonable. So whatever happened to him wasn't the mom. Well, we weren't, we weren't meant to dig. 
Yeah, I think it was just the vast and enormous oppression of high society, which, no, yeah. because he that's something he understood and he could navigate fluidly. It was the rest of the world. He was just a scared, rich dude who understood one part of the world and was scared the rest, scared of the rest of it, found the rest of it to be overwhelming. Yep. He was just a sensitive dude. <laughs> and that makes us love him. How many people do you think, after watching this movie, Googled the Corn Laws? <laughs> one, you. <laughs> exactly. And there was no application for a description of the corn laws in our discussion. What about the church laws? Oh, are you wait, 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 wait. You're saying I haven't given you your opportunity to show off? Well, well I don't I don't look there are multiple factors, but it was a, a tariff, a, a heavy tariff on imported corn and in at that time corn the term referred to oats and grains and wheat and things like that, not just corn. But it was meant to bump the landowners landowners up to have local agriculture or whatever be more prosperous and to discourage the importing for of cheap grains and junk. From their cousins across the pond? Yeah, and there was all kinds of opposition and stuff, and it ranged for years, and I didn't care that much. But uh, I wonder if Mr. Malcolm was as up as he said. I mean, he seemed a perfectly knowledgeable dude, but no one else seemed to know except Frida Pinto. Uh, and she had to know because she was an executive producer on this film. And she's like, my character is going to know about the corn laws. Darn no, it. no, no, no. When, when, they ha when they're having dinner, he's at, he asks her about the church laws or something. Oh. So is it is it interchangeable? Is he like, I, I just got to ask him something that nobody knows about? Do you think yes. Mr. Malcolm knew extensively about the church and or corn laws? Uh, if he knew about the church laws, he didn't share because he he basically like, what did you call What do you call it? He, he like alluded the answer. He didn't. Uh, what's his face? Captain Osry like throws it back at him. What is your opinion on the church laws? And he's like, I have the same opinion as Miss Dalton. <laughs> It, look, it's it's uh, perfectly natural, perfectly fine on the surface. But if you look anywhere behind, like if you look backstage and it's like the Truman Show, man, this movie doesn't bear scrutiny very well or whatever, but it's fine. It doesn't need to because nobody cares and nobody's going to Google the corn laws. You gave me multiple opportunities to ask you about the corn laws. I'm really sorry. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> and so, Wes, what is your opinion on Mr. Malcolm's List? So we watched Mr. Malcolm's List because, as you put it, you were, what is it, duded out or, or testosterone out or something? Dude fatigue. Yeah, dude fatigue from Hot Dude Summer was hitting you hard. So, And we had a lot coming out of Nicolas Cage Month, who's known for the dude movies, and then uh, and the Gray Man and Con Air and stuff. And so here you go. Here's some lighter fare. Lighter, I mean, it was lighter, you know, just th thematically or whatever. And yeah, and it's based on a book. And... I give it an all right rating. Can't, cannot necessarily. I mean, it was fine. I don't think there was a single surprise in Mr. Malcolm's list. Uh, if there was, I don't remember it. <laughs> the surprise being that Frida was Frida Pinto was pregnant, and I didn't see it, and you did. It's you know serviceable, and I guess stands for you know when people talked about this in interview and stuff, it is noteworthy because of its ethnic diversity. And I'm not sure that otherwise, if this had been just a standard all white Regency era prosperous uh, social circles and and heartbreak and betrayal and that kind of stuff, if it would have been remembered or if it would have been indicative or representative of this year 2022, I'm not sure. But it's fine for what it is. It was good. It was whatever no not whatever it was to it was not totally it was all right i'm kind of surprised yeah you thought i would hate it and be all really yeah <laughs> so miss iris's list 
No. Missy Chisha's list is, am I rooting for the central couple? Yeah, eventually I was. Did I generally like the characters? Mm, not really until the end. And does it teach you something about love or enliven the heart around it? Kind of more the former, I guess. And like you were saying, a little bit shallow. It was a little shallow in that. But I certainly didn't get the butterflies or the, you know, the heart, the lovesick feeling of wanting to be in love and experience love. Although I, I, I was kind of attracted to Mr. Malcolm. I mean, they were complaining at each other and sniping almost until the very end. Right? Yeah. So they, they spent a lot of time not being in love in this movie. Which makes it a little harder to root for them. And I think it was because of just the pretense that was going on, the pretense on both sides where they weren't really allowed yeah. to just fully enjoy and stuff. Yeah, there wasn't the, just the rush of love. It was all restrained and it was all hemmed in by lists and stuff. So I don't know that this checks the boxes for my romantic comedy list. Indicative of the repression era. And yet you still have to assign a rating to this discussion on Mr. Malcolm's List 2022. It was all right. All right clears the bar. All right constitutes a good, and there you have it. That is our discussion on Mr. Malcolm's List 2022, an all right from Iris and a good from Wesley. Let us know how you felt about this review or Mr. Malcolm's List in general, 818-350-473 or whatevermovies at gmail.com, and give us lots of money on Patreon because we did this for you. Mr. Malcolm's List was not on my list. What list? On the, the, the list of movies of potential reviews that make interesting or compelling podcast content. Gotcha. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An Electric Cast production. See you there. Electric Cast. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric acid. Electric acid.